Cutting Through Tech. Episode 6. The Make or Break Skill of Iteration. Welcome to Cutting Through Tech, the podcast all about technical strategy for women leaders today. Now, you're tuned in to season one, where we've been going through all the foundations and fundamentals of the process that often happens when you're looking to create a technical asset. A technical asset is a app, a website, a companion app, basically some kind of technical service or product that you are looking to use to grow your business. I'm Maxime. I'm a technical coach, software engineer and designer, and I'm excited to walk you through one of my favorite topics today, which is all around measuring and iterating. Now, in the last few episodes, we've been looking at validation and prototyping. Validation is all around taking your assumptions and figuring out if they are really true. You have the idea that your customers would use your product or your service in a certain way. Now, thankfully, it's quite easy to then figure out if those assumptions are really true. So you can do customer research. Eventually, you would move on to a more detailed stage of this process, uh, namely prototyping. But today we're looking at the habit in general of measuring and iterating, which is, in my opinion, what makes or breaks any tech project. So what even is the skill of measuring and iterating? Now, when a product is already built and out in the open, it's often referred to as build, measure, learn. So when you want to learn more, you build another aspect of your product, you launch it to your customers, and then you see and observe how they respond to it and what they're doing. You can do this by tracking analytics, or you can also conduct user research. Now, that makes sense when you've got thousands or millions of users, but what do you do if you're still in the conceptual phase or stage? I would say it's never too early to start building this kind of habit. And you don't actually need millions of people to use something, nor do you need to build it first before you can start getting some feedback. We've discussed a few ways on how to actually get this kind of feedback in the last two episodes, but the thing I want to focus on now is how you can really backtrack all the way from your vision, that might even be a five or 10 year vision, through to what you're trying to build, down to the amount of tests that you are currently conducting or should be conducting. Really, it's about how this skill of iteration fits with good business strategy. I recently got asked a question by a CEO who's currently in the process of raising her next round of millions from investors, specifically around the value of validation and how to show this to her investors. Now, this concern makes sense because she believes that the investors are looking for a big, big change in numbers. So either her user base should have grown significantly or she would have sold substantially more product. But let me tell you this. If you can work backwards and show exactly where you want to go in terms of your vision and your mission for your company, we believe we can get there by creating these unique propositions, which are technical in nature. Now, in order to create those, we would need to have these artifacts in place. Now, these artifacts rely on these series of assumptions, which we are currently validating with this particular set of tests. That is effectively an investor's dream. Far from actually having, you know, suddenly exploded into hypergrowth and show some kind of hockey stick figure on your board deck. But, you know, 
In order to get there, you really need to follow this kind of process. Thinking back to the questions that we discussed in a few episodes ago around your vision and your mission, where are you looking to be five or 10 years from now? What role does the technical asset that you're looking to create play in that future vision? What kind of growth will it unlock for your business? Now, that could be creating an entire new revenue stream, for example, or it could be blowing the competition out of the water because none of the other offerings in your field do anything digital. Either way, you want to clearly link back from your main goal, mission and vision to the asset that you're trying to create right now, all the way back down to the work that you're doing right now in terms of validating your assumptions and doing customer research. For example, let's have a look at another company and their mission and how you could potentially see that kind of link all the way through. Take ASOS, for example. They say that their mission is to become the world's number one destination for fashion-loving 20-somethings. Now, I don't work for ASOS. I have no idea what they're planning or what they're looking to do. I've taken this mission off their website and I'm just riffing on this. But arguably, there's a bunch of different things that one could decide to work on based on a mission like that. For example, we all know that in the retail industry, the return rate of clothing is a really big problem, right? With free shipping and free returns, because you cannot try the clothes on you know, in the store, so you have to send them to your home and then you end up not liking most of them and sending them back. It's one of the biggest losses for online retail stores. Knowing that the target audience is a 20-something and they want to become the number one destination for retail for these people, you could think of a bunch of different projects. For example, uh, let's say that there would be a augmented reality app or you could put on a VR headset, or somehow you could try the clothes on at home in some kind of digital futuristic way. Now, that's quite a big project, right? That might take several years to develop, um, but it would fit under the bracket of that mission and that goal of the company in its, in its entirety. The assumption there is that because you're trying to serve a 20-year-old something, they would be tech-savvy enough to be interested in this and to try clothes on in that kind of way. But Imagine if they wouldn't be, then you're kind of putting all this effort into developing this without necessarily knowing that. So you might then backtrack all the way down to experiments that you'd be running in terms of, does my target audience know how to use AR and VR? Um, Is that of interest to them? How important is fit and form to them? Um, They still, for example, wouldn't be able to touch the material in this particular idea. Is that a deal breaker? would the return rate still stay the same even if they have this at home testing or trying experience? Those are all very important questions to answer. So when the question becomes, why are we spending time talking to 20-somethings about VR and about texture of clothing and fit and form, you can see how it actually links back to the overall mission at the end of the day. And I'm pretty sure the same holds true for you you can create that same link that goes all the way down from the work that you're doing right now, also in other areas of your business, back to what you're trying to accomplish in the grand scheme of things. Now, ASOS has been around for a long time and is extremely well established currently. But if you've been keeping an eye out over the past few years, you see how they've evolved their business over the years. For example, now they have much more photography available for women of different heights and different sizes and so on. 
I also remember when they introduced uh, the runway bit where you could actually see models wearing the clothes and they would be walking and you could see how the clothes would fit and swoosh and actually kind of look in real life. Uh, they've continuously been evolving what they offer, right? The core piece hasn't changed in the sense that they've got affordable, easily accessible clothing um, for young people. However, how they choose to do that has changed. And this is what I mean with the skill of iteration is so vital to any business. And every time you're looking to go after a new initiative or a new project, whether or not technical in its nature, the skill of being able to break that down into pieces and test and then build it back up is invaluable. So now that we've covered the why, how do you actually put into place a good iteration strategy? What's the right cadence? How often do you run these? How many people with? How long do you run a certain experiment for? Now that all kind of depends on what method you picked out of the previous few episodes. For example, if you do A-B test on a website, that's kind of a quantitative research piece and you need high volumes and you probably want to run that for two to four weeks, depending on how much traffic you get and kind of how visible that particular test or difference is. But if you're doing interviews or paper prototypes per item that you're testing, so they say that you create one piece of research around um, sign up and you create some kind of artifact, a prototype for that, and you test it with people, you actually only need about five people and that will get you 80% of the issues, as that is a qualitative piece of research. Uh, same with surveys. The more answers you get, the better. And if there's any statistical pieces in there, you want to get large volumes. But if they are open-ended questions where people give you qualitative feedback, you'll find that after a certain amount, you might be getting the same main messages back, which is great. So even there, the numbers don't have to be that huge. Ideally, after a piece of research, you will digest that and analyze that. And ultimately, with whatever comes out of it, you want to probably go through another round of improvements. Depending on how long it takes for you to create your next version, you might then want to go out and do that again. So it could be anything from every week to every two weeks, every three weeks or every month. I think two to three weeks is the right kind of spot depending on how quickly you can improve on what you've gotten back. But that really depends on you and your team. Now, another important piece about research that actually doesn't get talked about enough is the fact that sometimes you don't learn anything new and that's a good thing. We almost think that, oh, this kind of all validated what we already thought. So the research piece was a bit useless. Um, and that's not true because now you have actual data to back up what you were thinking in the first place. And it's through this as well that you end up cultivating your instincts to an extent and you can end up getting things right sooner <laughs> with fewer rounds of iteration. But the most important thing is that you still want to check that. So even when you go through the effort of speaking to customers, speaking to clients or putting out a survey, calling people up or running tests, when you don't learn anything new, but you do learn effectively that what you had initially put forward is on the right track, that's fantastic. So there we go. Iteration and measuring your results and outcomes and frequently going through this process with your customers and users is vital to any good business strategy. 
it can become confusing um, when you're chasing around um, people on the phone and you're trying to get to the bottom as to how they would use something or you're sketching out prototypes uh, on paper and um, reaching out to people to try and test them, how that links to the big thing that you're trying to do. But as we've talked about today, actually oftentimes it's quite easy to find that link again and realize exactly how this will add up to um, get you to your final destination. We also talked about how often this should be done and um, how often you could be doing research and with how many people. And like I said, it kind of depends on what feels right for, for you and your team and how you can respond to the feedback and iterate based on that. But either way, it's worth putting it in into it's worth thinking about on a monthly basis. Every month asking yourself, what are we doing this month? What initiatives are we running to learn more and to get closer to our end goal? Lastly, when you don't learn anything new or surprising in research, that's a good thing. It means you're on the right track. So if you're wondering how to interpret results or feedback or how this can then further inform your strategy, feel free to reach out to me via the website as I have said before, for our podcast listeners, I do have strategy sessions available. If you just want to have a chat, reach out. You can find me on Maxime at cuttingthroughtech.com or my website, menenia.com. Next episode, we're going to be talking about teams. So now that you have broken down exactly what you're trying to accomplish and you have a much clearer picture of where you're trying to go, it becomes time to actually get to the point that you might be hiring that engineer um, or contracting it out to an agency and so forth. So if you wanna learn more about how to do that and what kind of people you need on your team to make your next project come to life, tune into that episode and see you next time. <laughs>